Welcome back, everyone, once again to a new installment of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. All right, man, you got any IRL grievances for me? Anything crazy <laughs> going on? Do I get trapped in any underwater Lovecraftian situations in the last few days? Uh, no, 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 not not recently. I did see... Uh, so, last podcast, I actually meant to talk about the most dystopian thing I think I've ever seen. And then I forgot, and I saw it again yesterday. The most dystopian thing you've ever seen? So, like, the inside of a Walmart in Oklahoma? That's pretty dystopian. It's pretty dystopian, and I see that every week. Um, No. You know... The images of like New York or like in Los Angeles of the trucks that have like the giant billboard on the back of them. Yes. We don't typically have those around here because it's Oklahoma. We're far spread out. Like there's so much distance between towns and stuff. There's just no point in that kind of advertising. Mm -hmm. I was behind a truck advertising Cox Communications. It just looked like a regular fucking like U-Haul style truck for Cox Communications, right? Local cable company. And then, and then Uh the image on the back of the truck changed to a different image also for Cox Communications. And I was like, I beg your fucking pardon? (laughs) And it pulled off into the same quick trip that I did and it has advertisements on the sides and on the back lift gate for Cox Communications, and they are screens. There's images being projected on them, and the images are changing every few seconds to different advertisements from Cox Communications. And this thing just fucking drives around town. That You won't fully understand this because I haven't had it on the show yet, but that is so 10,000% they live. <laughs> just... To a fucking T. So yeah, that's that's pretty fucking dystopian, oh, I'm not gonna lie. It gets better. The second time I saw it was in a Walmart parking lot, funnily enough. The thing on the top that I thought was like a cooling vent for whatever equipment is inside was playing fucking music like a goddamn ice cream truck. Like a jingle? Yes, it had a jingle to get you to turn around and look and see this giant ad for Cox Communications. And it was just driving up and down the Walmart parking lot lanes in between the cars slowly. You want to know what's scarier than Lovecraftian monsters? <laughs> Cap- capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. The free market. The free market. <laughs> Jeff, the free market has spoken and it's it's uh, a little ditty about Cox Communications. <laughs> It is the scariest like, thing I've ever seen. I, I, I don't like the fact that you just put the terms Cox and Little Diddy in the same sentence. <laughs> Little Diddy's Cox. I gotta, uh, I gotta go. I yeah, gotta go. What I instantly thought of when I first saw it was that black mirror of the dude from Nope in his apartment where the ceiling, the floor, and all the walls are just ads 24-7. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The one where he rides the bicycle. Yeah, like 60 million merits or whatever the name of the yeah. was. Yeah. That's instantly what I thought of when I saw God. this fucking truck. And then I saw it again. It's not even a one-off. What are the odds it's the same truck? That's insane, dude. <laughs> oh, my god. I was flabbergasted. And, I, dude, I'm like, I'm like 18 miles north of Tulsa. How many of these mm-hmm. fucking things are driving through Tulsa? That's insane, dude. Yeah. 
It's oh, I was close. The name of the episode is 15 Million Merits. God damn it, Jeff. Now we I can't podcast fucking... together anymore. I missed it by, by that, that much. much. <laughs> now I gotta go ride the, the capitalism bikes for 20 years <laughs> and raise up some fucking coins. <laughs> uh, OG Black Mirror is fucking incredible. Dude, uh, that it, first it, season's amazing. Like, uh, it, it continued to be pretty good. Like, some of the later seasons have some, like, you know, they're a little, little hit or miss, but they have, like, some good ones. But those first few episodes are just all fucking bangers. Like, back-to-back is so good. Oh, yes, I saw these. I, I forgot that Bobby had commented. Yeah, I, I forgot, I, too. I saw these. It, I don't know what it is, dude. Like, it, I, I don't know if it's just because of, like, other IRL grievances for me, but it feels like we haven't recorded in forever. Oh, God, I, I know. But it's standard time frame. My brain is just stupid. So. Yep. When I first uh, sat down, I was like, do I remember how to do this? Like, how long has it been? <laughs> We are uh, going to be covering Underwater today, but before we get to our movie coverage, would you like to read Bobby's comments? I'm assuming these come in in reverse order. The third one down is probably the first one. It's Bobby. He's an enigma, so <laughs> he's keeping us on our toes. And by the way, if you would like your own question or prompt discussed by Ron and myself on the show, you can always email us, screenplayrewind at gmail.com. Screenplayrewind at gmail.com, you say? No. <laughs> we got uh, we gotta get a we gotta get a fucking jingle and a projected truck uh for emails for screenplay rewind and then we might get uh, a little bit more responses it's, it's just that like 20 second theme song you wrote us just on endless loop at traffic lights <laughs> no it's it's a small world after all just over and over and over again <laughs> oh god i don't think i have laughed at anything <laughs> As hard as the first time they did that bit on that podcast about the, the I don't guy know. getting trapped on the it's I don't a small know. world ride for how long was that poor man trapped? It was like twelve hours straight of listening to that or some shit. It was something crazy. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> they just they couldn't get him off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's that or Fry Girl. Oh man, <laughs> the first time he did Fry Girl. I remember showing that to you while I was at your house, probably like going on like <laughs> nine, ten years ago, and you just like crying. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh god, that and the Scott Pilgrim seed are probably like uh, the hardest I've, I've ever never seen laugh. laughed. I've never laughed at anything as hard as I did that scene in Scott Pilgrim. So so fucking good. I but still, yeah, what, what I still look it up on YouTube every once in a while. It it, it is the <laughs> best comedic timing. <laughs> In fictional history, and, it's just perfect. And cinematography. Like the you way he sidesteps and closes the door perfectly to frame Fucking the window. Beautiful, dude. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> He's running down the street in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and then he reaches back in and gets his uh, hat or coat, whatever. His coat, know. yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Ron, what did uh, Mr. Bobby, the man, the myth, the legend himself have to I, say? I'm sorry, I can't. I'm, I'm queuing up, uh, I'm queuing up Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim right now. <laughs> Yeah, just missed him. Just missed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, um, the other way you can contact us is through the comments on YouTube, where we also post our podcast. And loyal listener Bobby um, commented a few times. First one was, Ron Hare, dare you stop what I've been planning for? See, uh, out of context, I can't remember what he's referring to, and it just sounds so ominous two weeks later over, like, an email. <laughs> the instant we stop recording, I forget everything we said. 
everything. Yeah, I, it's all it's all gone. Um, like this one. You also have a bob for a zombie apocalypse. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was in response to which apocalyptic scenario could we actually survive? And we, uh, I think I had picked the zombie apocalypse. So Bobby makes a valid point. If there ever actually is a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to Bobby's house because you know he just has like a fucking Burt Gummer wall of guns and probably enough rations to last like 50 years. So we're fucking fine, dude. We're chilling. Uh, Heather's not coming back. Yeah, she <laughs> called and told me to send her the HK91. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Bert. <laughs> Such a good fucking line. Okay. Uh. Last comment also from Bobby was Underwater was an underrated movie. You see what I did there? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I don't get it. Uh, Bobby put more comedic and like creative <laughs> thought into that line than Underwater no. <laughs> did for the title of their movie. Because <laughs> I, I like this movie. But that that's... It, it'd be like if Alien was just called On a Ship. <laughs> <laughs> or Titanic. In a boat, <laughs> you know, above water. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> the greatest, the greatest title of all time. I will never forget uh, the goddamn movie uh, came out. I think it was it was last year with the the man, the myth, the legend himself, Gerard Butler, Plane. Do you remember that? You remember the movie no. called just Plane? Oh, no. you gotta look at the trailer to Plane. Okay, so the, this this movie is uh, Mike Coulter, uh, who was Luke Cage in the Netflix Marvel series for him, uh-huh. and Gerard Butler. It's an action movie, so I, I'm in I the like theater. the cast. Yeah, the cast. It's apparently like a pretty good movie. It just has the fucking dumbest name of all time, but um, so it's them two. <laughs> it's in, apparently in, a good movie. Uh, well, it's it's got like <laughs> seven. It's got 78% of Rotten Tomatoes, and when your title is literally just plain, I'm expecting 15% because it's fucking called plain. Man, what but, a plain title. But they ha- <sighs> See, now <laughs> I want to go, like, walk underneath the Cox truck and then just <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> walk underneath the Cox <laughs> uh, uh, just, just end it now. Just, I, I'll just be hearing that jingle, and that's the last thing I hear as I shift off this mortal coil. But uh, this fucking this there's like a full length like fucking three minute trailer for this action movie with Mike Coulter and Gerard Butler and it, you know it looks a little bit generic, not as generic as the title, but it looks a little bit generic. But it doesn't look bad. And then it's like this whole epic trailer. At the end of it, it's just in giant fucking red font. I think plane and the entire audience in the, in the theater I was watching this uh, trailer during just busted out laughing. And it's one of my all time favorite trailer moments. <laughs> <laughs> How do you green light your fucking movie when its title is played? That had to be the f- that's that's not even like the first trip. That's like the thought in your head. It's like okay, okay, I'll come, I'll come, I'll circle back around. I'll come up with the title later. I'm gonna write the first draft. Yeah, that, that's played. your working title. Yeah, it's not even a working title. It's barely a title. I don't even think that qualifies as a working title. Like to me, underwater, that's a working title. Plane is the fucking setting. It's not a bad movie. premise. A pilot finds himself caught in a war zone after he's forced to land uh, his commercial aircraft during a terrible storm. It's not a bad premise. Oh, no, no. Like, that's what was so funny. The movie looked competent, but the title, it it, it just elevates it, man. Like, it, it it's fucking plain. 
Hey, I and gotta, then I started. And I you, you know what's funny? Something. You know what's also funny is I started thinking about this uh, earlier. Look at Gerard Butler's face in this image I just sent in the Discord. Was that your face as you saw the Cox truck pulling around <laughs> with the projector back? <laughs> Why does he look surprised that the director called action? I think he's just like. Really? We're we're moving forward with plane as the title guys? That's the best we can do. So someone behind the behind the cameraman said the name of the movie and he's like, What? That's that uh, I thought that, that that you know what that is? That's like you know how like a lot of like like high tier movies to avoid people trying to sneak onto set will have a fake, really generic title that's like uh, like a, like yeah. Star Wars had one that I'm blanking on. Uh you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, a super yeah, yeah, yeah. blank generic title. That's like what plain is. And it's like, they're just like stuck with it. It's crazy, dude. But get it out. Get it out in the can. Get it you know what, can. It, what it, like, it really made me think about though? That, that the fact that alien totally works as a movie title when it shouldn't, because right? it's a very generic name, very similar, does not bury the lead, but it just fucking works. And I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is there. Maybe it's just the like 50 years of gravitas that Alien has in my brain as being like a classic. But Alien, similar on paper, should not work, but totally does. Yeah, so, I think uh, it I has. Explain that. I think it's the gravity of, you know, its reputation. And just the fact that it's just like one of the greatest movies ever made. I think that helps. It really does. You know what's also cool is the the font really yes. sells it the font is super cool uh, also at the if you've ever watched the trailers for it the way line by line or like or like in the title of the movie uh in the title screen line by line the it comes in and spells alien um man i gotta fucking watch alien again now i know Getting i haven't Jones. done that yet this year yeah i i uh maybe i should just like stop by uh on a weekend day over the next couple of weeks and we just fucking watch alien in the thing oh yeah Let's just fucking do it get a six-pack be a great old time. Dude, I'm down anytime, man. Yeah. I, I'm here literally every day. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like I live here. God damn it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> I got I'm 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 feeling like Gerard Butler's reaction right there. Like, what the fuck's happening? What's this show about? Uh was oh. that the only set of comments we had? I think it I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, Underwater is on the second tier of movie titles above Plane. Plane is at the very <laughs> bottom all by, all by I, itself. Because okay. it's just next level. I will say this. The name Underwater invokes more fear and terror than Plane does anything. <laughs> Plane doesn't invoke anything. Oh, it invoked a lot of laughs in the audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just, the, like, just knowing that there's a horror movie called Underwater... Like that tells me oh, something at least. Yeah, yeah, it's generic, but like I said, it's on the tier above plane. Uh, it's not like <laughs> that puts it at tier one. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like you know crazy good, but it's better than plane. Did you ever so see we'll uh, the that. Starsky and Hutch remake with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? I did, but it was twenty years ago, so I remember jack shit about it. I don't remember which one was introducing who to Snoop Dogg. I think it was Owen Wilson introducing Ben Stiller to Snoop Dogg in the movie. And like something happens later in the movie. Like Snoop Dogg doesn't like him and something happens later in the movie. And Snoop Dogg was like, that just puts you up a notch in my book. Now you at notch one. 
And I have never forgotten that line. It's like the only thing I remember from that movie. I fucking forgot that it was uh, Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. Yeah, see? Movie. See? I fucking forgot. Wait, but what's the other one? What's the other one with uh, fucking Sean William Scott that was a similar remake around the same time? Oh, I don't uh, know. Jesus Christ. Hold on, I got... Uh, Bulletproof gotta, Monk's all I can think of. I gotta find it. That's a you, good yeah, movie, you, by the way. Keep, keep, keep bamping. Uh, yeah. I swear so, God, Bulletproof least... Monk is Sean William Scott learning martial arts from, uh, from Chow Yon Fat. And I think it has something to do with the scroll or something? Sean William Scott? And, uh... Sean William Scott, man! Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, God. Uh, not Sean William Scott. Johnny Knoxville. Oh my God! Is in it? What's what's the fucking remake he was oh. in like early aughts of the old show? I'm mean, it's Dukes of Hazard. That's yes, what it was. It. I was like, I I get Starsky Jessica and Hutch Simpson and is Daisy Duke, right? Did that? Did those come out in the exact same year? Two thousand five for Dukes of Hazard. And Starsky and Hutch is around then because I was still at the theater. Starsky and Hutch was two thousand four, beat him by a year. Yeah. So th those two movies just fucking melded together in my brain. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, dude, Sean William Scott needs a new Hollywood name. He needs a new stage name because I can never remember what order those three names go in. Well, he was just called Stifler for like 30 years. So that's what ruined him. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably take like whatever. I, you know what's funny? I actually kind of like Sean William Scott. I think he's actually like pretty good. Uh, yeah. Did you ever watch the hockey movie he was in, uh, Goon? No. That's I've a heard damn of it, good. That's a damn good movie. Is he, he's, a, he's the one in the rundown, right? Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love the rundown, dude. Uh, yeah, we need to have the rundown on here. Rundown's fucking awesome. Are those Brazilian nuts? We just call them nuts here because we're in Brazil. Those are like $50 a pound back in the States. I picked them up off the ground outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so again, if you would like your prompt or question discussed by Ronda and myself, just email us, screenplayrebind at gmail.com, or uh, hitting, us, hitting us up on Twitter also works at SPR Filmcast. Now, I believe I had talked a little bit at the end of the last episode when you announced this, uh, but I forget because, like we said, we forget everything as soon as we finish recording. How did you stumble upon Underwater? Because I, if if I knew this movie existed, I had completely fucking forgotten, and that's rare. Because usually I can tell you, like, what fucking year a movie came out, like, 30 years ago, even if I didn't see it. I did not know this movie existed. So how did you stumble upon this? So... I listened to way too many podcasts and I had always heard about this movie and you know, some of the people I listened to like it, some of them hate it, whatever. But the funny thing is none of them ever go into detail about it. All I ever heard, it's an underwater movie starring Kristen Stewart trying to escape from underwater. And that is it. That is all anyone has ever said. So nothing ever got spoiled for me. And then here I was in my office playing, uh, probably ironically enough, probably Subnautica or, <laughs> um, what have I been playing lately? I don't know. I was playing a game and I'd like to put stuff on in the background and I was just looking for something, anything, not something I'm too interested in. Right but something I'm interested <laughs> enough in. And Hulu keeps showing me the title um, thumbnail 
for underwater, no matter what screen I go to in Hulu, Hulu really wants me to watch this movie. That's so weird. I just I I don't know how this movie escaped me. Jeff, I, I, I just... the title the the thumbnail is the title of the movie and her face. And I didn't read the description. I was just like, eh, all right, what the hell, right? Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be funny if nothing else. And I clicked on it and didn't read or look at anything. I just hit play and put down the remote. So you probably also were, uh, by the way, spoilers for underwater. Major spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if you're Incoming. interested whatsoever in the idea of like, a claustrophobic uh, was the term that you use uh, most when you describe this at the beginning of the last episode, but I, I would agree. It's like a claustrophobic underwater horror survival type of situation, which is is interesting in its own right, and uh, I, I think is enough of a hook. Uh, I, I recommend watching this before having everything spoiled for you because there's a few uh, twists and turns that you're not fully expecting. Yes. Uh, it is a much more clever movie than the title. While like it's not, not as clever as plain though, nothing's <laughs> as clever as plain. It it is by far not the best movie I've ever seen. It is not really doing anything new, but I think it learned all the right lessons from the stuff it's taking from. Would you Would you agree with that? Um, I had a couple of moments like towards the end of this where I was like, this this movie is like laser targeted for you and me where I totally see like why this like grabbed you so much and a couple of the developments towards the ending of the movie where I was like, Oh fuck. A couple like, I, of developments. He says, uh, so <laughs> I, I figured out basically immediately from the opening uh, title sequence, the way that they had the little like factoids in the back about like, uh, you know, like weird sightings, weird anomalies, blah, 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 blah. I was like, Oh, okay. So there's like creatures or something. I was expecting just generic, like, sea creatures. I wasn't expecting, like, a Lovecraftian mythos movie, and that was, like, fucking amazing. Right? That, that like, that made, like, the entire movie for me. Because I was like, oh, shit. Because they, they, they wait a long time before they even show you that the, the first creatures are, like, Shoggoth-ish. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. They're not just sea creatures. They're, they're like, it's like a Shoggoth. And then, like, well, we'll talk about what ends it, like, what ends the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, this shit was made for me and Ron. This was, like, born to be an SPR movie. Yeah, it was like, so when I first was watching it, the opening of this movie is kind of incredible because it hits the ground running. I love the opening. And, like, this movie wastes no time in anything that it does. And... Uh, at first, I was like, oh, shit. All right. Well, that got things going. The Keep lack of preamble in the beginning oh, is so really good. well done. They go through the cadence of this is going to be 20 to 30 minutes of a first act. We're going to like kind of slowly introduce you to these people. And then shit's going to hit the fan. Oh, no. Shit already hit the fan in like the second minute of the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yes, it did. Dude, not only that, though. Like, she's standing there, and the trickle of water falls in front of her, and before she can even say, like, what? Everything starts imploding. <laughs> Dude. Like, it's amazing. She barely yeah. even has time to react or process the trickle of water from the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, um, the, then, the, the, like, we'll, we'll go into more detail right here once we dig into it fully, but, like, man, is... The, I. So, not only is, like, the mythos stuff just, like, fucking crack for us, but... I constantly talk on here about how, like, 
trim as much fat from the script as possible. Get your pacing up. I want to feel like your movie lasts an hour, not three hours. Uh, and this is a brisk, like, 95-minute movie, and I love that about it. Yes. Uh, so my journey was, okay, disaster film hits the ground running to now we're in Descent meets Pitch Black territory, and then what the fuck territory. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle... I just put my controller down and rotated my chair towards the TV. <laughs> That's so funny that like, you'll be playing games and then put something on in the background. I can't do that. If I'm playing a game, I'm playing the game. If I'm watching a movie, I'm watching the movie. I can't if, like multitask like that. If I'm playing PUBG, that's not happening. But <laughs> if I'm playing Dark Souls or especially like Subnautica or Stranded Deep or something. I could see that with something like that where it's kind of like yeah. you can kind of go on autopilot to, uh, to do it. I used to do it a lot. I think I learned that skill during uh, like a lot, a lot of hours of Diablo 2 back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we should get into the cast here uh, because it's uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, so the we'll run to the cast and then we'll talk about the, the writers and director. So our lead, uh, who's playing the character of Nora Price... Uh, is Kristen Stewart, uh, who uh, I think is actually pretty good in this. Uh, I I've agree. Never been, I've never been the biggest fan of hers, but I nope. think she's pretty good here. I think this is a, a good casting uh, choice because the character is meant to kind of be reserved. They're not meant to be... I feel like Kristen Stewart has never been like a very particularly like bad actress or anything. I just think she's miscast a lot of, uh, a lot of the time. And I think this is actually well, like a pretty good choice. There's also the fact that all the Twilight movies are badly written, badly directed and badly shot. Oh yeah. So, you there's know, some like there's some really good actors in those movies. There is. And none of them escape it because it's just such a bad, like, uh, the, like you said, like the, the, the script is bad and the direction's bad. So it's like, you can't escape it. You know, the fact that, uh, anyone survived that movie, let alone Anna Kendrick launches her career into Hollywood through that movie is incredible. Robert Pattinson had to do like 15 years of incredible independent film work uh, to, to eventually to kind recover. of like, yeah, to eventually get out from under the thumb of Twilight, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I like her in this. I, um, uh, I thought that there's actually a lot of depth to her character, which is not something I'm used to seeing from her. And it's subtle, which is also yeah. uh, something that I think plays to her strengths. Cause I think she, she displays the subtlety of her backstory really well. Yeah. Which the movie foreshadows really well because you don't know her backstory till late in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. They, um, they, we, they, they tell you all about it just through her acting without, before she ever tells you about it. It's interesting. She also, um, in the scenes where she needs to be, like, physically shaken by what's going on, she's very good. Uh, she is very, very good about displaying that, like, I'm trying to put on a straight face and, like, and, like keep it together to help those around me, but I am shaken by this. Uh, I think she, she like, kind of walks that tight really well. I agree. Uh, we also have Vincent Castle, who plays Captain Lucy in here. Love him. I really like Vincent Castle. I feel like, unfortunately, he's just not in very many things, but every time I see him, I feel like he's really good. Yeah, he's one of those guys that it's like, I know I love him from something else, but scrolling through his IMDb, I can't tell you what it is. Like, I don't know. 
I think the first thing they kind of put him on the map, uh, he's very good in Black Swan. Uh, I've never not, seen it. I'm not like crazy about that movie, but the performances are pretty good in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we also have, uh, I, I'm I'm probably going to butcher the name. I really, I'm really nah, sorry. No, you got I, this. <laughs> uh, Mamudo uh, uh, Afi. Who not plays racist Rodrigo. at all. Uh, the way they kill his character is fucking devastating uh he is presented as like the second lead yes and that's such a good misdirect and like what the fuck moment because he's the first major character to die and he is the second character you're presented to out outside of uh kristen stewart's character and really really well done what causes his death is even more incredible when i want to yeah. i want to talk about the characters generally when we're done with the cast here because there's something i noticed on this uh view i almost said playthrough on this viewing <laughs> i play a lot of subnautica i get the two confused i, yeah, I just imagine <laughs> there's these moments in the movie where it's kind of first person-ish like looking out into the, the depths of the ocean and i just imagine you sitting at your desk still holding your controller like you're actually controlling it <laughs> there was there's a few shots underwater looking at the base i was like i bet i could build that <laughs> i really do uh, we also unfortunately have TJ Miller oh, in this movie. Oh man! Now I'm gonna be honest. Uh, what happened with TJ Miller makes me really sad because I always really liked TJ Miller from, especially from Silicon Valley. He has some of the funniest fucking moments in that show, and I love that show. Uh, and he has some like genuinely good delivery here. I I think he is way overused in yes. the first half of the movie. He's uh, very TJ Miller in this movie too. He is. He, uh, I almost feel like he's ad-libbing some of this. Uh, oh, and, I almost guarantee you. And they should have told him no, uh, because there, <laughs> there is too much forced comedic relief. Uh, you need a little bit of that to like, uh, to relieve some of the tension. So it's not an oppressive watch. But there's way too much comedic relief. What the, the fuck is with movie. Little Paul? Uh, is that TJ Miller's idea? Do you think you think he brought that? Oh in? no 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 that that's related to the weird fucking Alice in Wonderland stuff they have going on. With okay, see, I, I know nothing understand. about that. I know nothing about that story. It's really weird. Uh, he so he has a uh, quote from Alice in Wonderland, and this isn't like he the has Disney a version. He has like uh, he he directly quotes it as one of his lines of dialogue in the movie. He has like dialogue from the original novel, like written on the back of his uh, his suit. We're all mad here. Yeah, he has uh, the little rabbit, which I'm assuming is you know alluding oh, to the well, rabbit. I'm late. In that, I'm late. Uh, that, that yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there that that that's another callback to Lewis. Car like he's just obsessed with Lewis Carroll, and it never goes anywhere. It's just like a very very but specific character quirk. Why I don't, I don't is really he? Know. Why is he obsessed with Lewis Carroll, not H.P. Lovecraft, or something that fits more? I I don't know. Or it's really Edgar strange. Allan Poe, or something. Why is he? Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It's it's a complete non sequitur. Yeah. Uh, uh and I I have nothing against Alice in Wonderland or Lewis Carroll. Is it it's because they're through place. the looking glass or something? Once yeah, the monsters th show th up, that, that that's so like cliche writing <laughs> that's so writing like 101 cliche forced metaphor and like i i don't like it uh it's very weird it, it goes nowhere like, uh, like oh it goes somewhere it's a big mess when it goes to <laughs> dude some of the some of the deaths in this movie are fucking brutal yeah they are and i'm mr i've seen ten thousand horror movies and nothing ever phases me but i winced a couple times because like uh this this movie actually 
uh, directly impacts me because I can't swim very well. Any situation that involves like like you want to know what like what really like freak me the fuck out is when you see those moments where people are like it'll be one of those really really gorgeous like cavern things where you can swim underwater and be cut off from air for like a minute and then you go through the little like cavern thing and then what into are like you the in- talking about you know what i'm talking about no it, it's it's like the the little there basically you can get to a like a like a like a little pool type thing inside of a cave but you have to swim underwater where you're cut off from air uh no. they're, they're, You've never heard of these? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're 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 pretty popular of like uh, vacation destinations and stuff. Like people will go and like fucking. I'm a good swimmer who is not afraid enough of the water, and I'm telling you, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, uh, people fucking do that shit, and it it actively triggers my claustrophobia and just fear of the water. Uh, it's fucking wild. Uh, and this 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 movie like really really freaks me out a little bit uh, in certain moments. Not not even like related to the monster shit. It's just the like the fact of being stuck in the situation when they're having to just like crawl through the rubble at the beginning of the movie is some of the most tense moments for me because that like activates that like descent style. Uh, the thought of getting stuck to me is more scary than the monsters. Yeah, <laughs> because that is just so fucking real. And, and the fact that anyone does those goddamn descent style fucking cave diving things is madness to me <laughs> fuck that dude i mean if I'll, it go tells take you... on the, I'll go take on the fucking chagas dude <laughs> before i go through the fucking i i i the, the biggest irl grievance is cave diving <laughs> uh, the uh the fact that you and i each one time each now have referenced the descent tells you what we're dealing with in this movie right oh, yeah one thousand percent uh uh also tj miller makes me sad because I really fucking like his Deadpool character too. Uh, some of his like uh like the the fucking you look like Freddy Krueger fuck the topographical map of Utah. Yeah, he has such good delivery on like a lot of the the Deadpool dialogue. I don't know. Uh, I've just never been a big fan of his, even professionally. Uh, I I I mean, part of it was just because Silicon Valley. Uh, but I've always really liked T.J. Miller, and what happened with T.J. Miller is fucking bonkers. If you haven't <laughs> seen some of the IRL stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, it's insane. Uh, we also have John Gallagher Jr., uh, who I had to look up because I knew I recognized him from something. He's one of the leads in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, uh, who is stuck in the bunker with them. That that is the movie he, that I was like, what that, have I seen him in? He's the guy that gets the barrel, right? Yeah, uh, Emmett. Yeah. I think is his character name in that. Um, he's one of my favorite characters in this. Yeah, I think he's really good. Uh, he's uh similar to. Uh, Kristen Stewart, I think when he has to kind of like emote after his, uh, what what is it that like he inhales some of the fumes from his like oxygen tank getting fucked up or something, and like the rest of the movie he's like very out uh, of it. He it, sells it really well. He's got CO two poisoning, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, like once that happens, he's just like totally that's, out. That's of a it. common trope in space uh, space movies. When, uh, we just talked about it in uh, a little bit in Event Horizon because that's what was going to kill them. Yes, uh, was the constant CO two emissions from them. Yes, um, we have <laughs> Jessica Henwick uh, who plays Emily Haversham. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably my least favorite character in this. Uh, nothing against her. Uh, uh, her, I, I don't know. I mean, 
Her performance is kind of like she was swimming through gravy. <laughs> she, also, I had literally no idea she was British. Did you know she was British? Not a clue. Had, had no fucking clue. She started speaking in her accent. I was like, Dude, what the fuck? Has she been British this whole time? Brits and Europeans with accents, man. They're so good at them. Yeah. And meanwhile, Americans, not so much. Not <laughs> so much. We have some who can like really sell those accents, but not very many. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, the bulk of our our main. The, like, I think the rest of the cast after that is basically just like, uh, like the the voices of who are you know like doing like the AI and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and did you see the name of one of them? Poseidon Patty. Yes, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. That's what I'm fucking naming my submarine in Subnautica from now on. Poseidon Patty. <laughs> Poseidon Patty from now on. I don't know. Do you want to associate any of your submersibles with uh, what happened in underwater? That's like, I mean, like when you like name your fucking in uh, ship the Titanic, <laughs> the unsinkable two. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, so my goodness. one thing that struck me about the characters in this movie, as I was watching it this time, that I didn't really notice the first time, is that. None of these, like, all these characters literally have the right stuff to be where they are, right? Like, you know they wouldn't be there if they weren't one of the best or at least one of the top in their fields because they're seven miles underwater. They would have to be very, uh, very good in water and have logged who knows how many hours diving. And there's no one in this movie that is you know, just trying to save themselves at the cost of anyone. Like everyone is constantly trying to get each other out of this situation together. And yeah. that is something that is kind of unique in horror movies. You don't see a lot of that. Usually there is at the there's very usually least one. one. Yeah. There's gotta be at least one person who is. I knew it active. would be TJ Miller. I knew it would be <laughs> TJ Miller. No, it was the rabbit. It was the rabbit the whole thing. Right. Well, the rabbit <laughs> did survive. It did. TJ Miller, not so much. But yeah, like the one what I was gonna talk about, um, fucking Mammy, is when he implodes at the beginning, right? When Rodrigo bites it, you see him pick up a damaged helmet, and then it cuts to him handing a helmet to Kristen Stewart, and. He took the damaged helmet. It's making you think he's giving her the damaged one. Yeah. And he took it, and the moment they hit pressure, it goes. And just like I saw in Mythbusters, he just gets sucked into his helmet, and then everything explodes. Oh, it's it's crazy. The, they sell the implosions both out in the water and uh, when it happens to people, unfortunately, really well. Yes. <laughs> like, it is... Dude, the, the impact... That it like you just feel like it. Sho it shockwaves like fucking everywhere. Watching uh, the shockwave coming crazy. at the camera from a distance, and then the camera has that little tiny bobble. They don't shake the whole screen or anything. It's just a little tiny bobble, like it's like it's moving in the water as the water moves around it. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty well done, but like it's they they nuts. do stuff like that, and like the other th trope that they kind of. Uh, that they kind of play with their expectations on is he's the one yelling at her to like close the door. 
at the beginning when everything's imploding around them. And like, he's right when he's saying, you know, they're not going to make it to close the door. Like he starts out yelling with her, run, 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 as they're trying to run towards him. Yeah. And he's, she's because of her history, because of her past, she's not willing to give up on them. And he ends up telling her, you have to close the door. They're not going to make it. You have to close the door. Yeah, because if if they don't, it causes a chain reaction in the entire facility. Down, yeah. And he's right. He's like you, as the viewer, know they're not going to make it. It's you're literally watching it catch them as it's imploding, uh, section by section. And you know they they play with their uh, expectations on that. It wasn't like a, a self serving thing. He was making the right call. She was the one making the wrong call in the moment. Yeah, I I, I, re- I like the fact that, uh, to your point, like the characters are not ever to the point of actively sabotaging each other just for the sake of like extra drama, which is not necessary at all when you're in a situation like this. Like the stakes are enough drama in their own right. You don't need to add on additional like uh, character stuff. Uh, now, I, I have an issue with them pulling up at the like the 11th hour, the romantic subplot between... Uh, uh, was it Smith and Emily? Uh-huh. I, I wish they had alluded to that a little bit more and just out like actively set them up as a romantic interest like earlier on in the movie because the movie at the like uh we'll talk more about like specifics after we go through the rest of the like the director and writer and everything, but uh the movie at the eleventh hour tries to like crowbar in a lot of backstory and like a lot of pathos, which I wish would have been like paced out a little bit better because it's just like, okay, here's the five minutes of the movie where we're going to have Kristen Stewart crying in the bath. Uh, we're going to have the reveal that uh, Vincent Castle's uh, daughter had passed away at the age of 14. Oh, also, she's uh, Emily's in love with What's-His-Fuck. And like it's just like one after the other, like chain reaction is just like pathos, well, pathos, pathos. And it's just like, I wish we had Spacey's out a little bit. But the reason they don't have that earlier on is because they wanted to establish... You right see, away the like uh the implosions of the 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 fucking what, what what's the what's like their facility called they have like a name they flash like title cards like constantly was it that's was like, it is the first one the kepler yeah 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 the kepler yeah i think that's it so here's where you and i are are a little bit different um i think it is done weekly is too harsh but it's not in your face about it and while that kind of hurts it that's also kind of part that i like because like at the beginning when they're first getting in the starcraft marine suits um <laughs> that's literally what it looks like to me and it made me want a starcraft movie so bad um like the way that emily is acting with smith as he's getting in his suit and she's helping him in it you know that there's something between them already at that moment and then uh, in the T.J. Miller scene, just before he dies, and you see Slenderman rolling up behind him in the red light, um, he's talking to him about like you know, like you guys have something special, treat her right. Did it like it seems like they've been an item for a while that everybody just knows it. It doesn't seem like it's a thing that suddenly comes up to me. For, from from like me watching it for the very first time, but I'm so focused on like. The, the, events. Susp- the, the events and the suspense and like figuring out what the creatures and stuff are i had completely forgotten that they had even alluded to them having a romantic relationship until kristen stewart finds her and finds out for like herself for the first time where she's like oh you you know you you have a thing going with them you know it uh it just 
I don't like waiting until a five-minute block of the Is she finding out? Is she finding out for the first time? It sounds like she is because the way she she resp- she talks to uh the way she first talks to Emily when she finds her uh it looks like to me like it came across to me like she was finding out for the first time and was to, talking to her about it. To me that it didn't hit me that way at all. To me it just hit me like she knew this along with everybody else. Like everybody on the station knows this about them. I, I, you get what I'm saying though. It's like a five minute block of the movie where they start <laughs> rolling out all of these developments while like you guys are all like literally running out of oxygen. You know, this is not the time <laughs> the, uh, you guys are on your, you guys are like uh, you, critical oxygen level and Smith, like they didn't even know he was still fucking alive. It's like, maybe let's not have the conversation about your romance right now. Maybe let's... Uh, but she it, literally tells him in that scene that he's he's still alive. Uh, that's... like She's walking... like <laughs> When she's, she's dragging out him on, on the, the ocean, ocean floor. She's out on the ocean floor. Doesn't know that Kristen Stewart's even still alive. Oh, also, Kristen Stewart is just, like, having a like emotional breakdown in the shower. Like, I, I, I get it, but then she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should go check on those people outside that might still be alive. And th- that section of the movie is weird. Uh, it, it, people are just kind of like, oh, well, and this is the time where we have to have, like, emotional stakes when before it was just kind of like, uh, just like balls to the wall. Here's the event happening. Oh, wait, we got to have like, we got to have people have emotional stakes in these characters. So, like, let's start kind of like, I don't not. It sounds like I hate the movie. I don't I like the movie. I just wish that that section had been spaced out a little bit better. See, it, you, it you and on, I are reading like, all the events completely differently, though. Because the the emotional breakdown part, like, yeah, like you said, I you know I I get it. Um, because there's there's too much going on that's too similar to her her history. We're driving that home, but the problem with that is it's history we don't yet know, and they do more foreshadowing on it with you know use the buddy system. Working alone is prohibited. That that stuff drove me insane. That um, stuff was so well, over the over the top. I, I hate that. Like now at the beginning of the movie when it's used for like comedic value as like like dark irony, I like when they're uh, talking about oh god, I, I, it was something that, like the the intercom was saying. Uh, oh, like if you have if you have a complaint, you know, be sure to talk to your manager. Like shit, like that. I thought yeah. it was pretty funny. But towards the ending of the movie, when like they're slathering that shit on that thick of like, well, use the buddy system, blah 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 blah. Like, oh my god, I get it. So okay, the thing about that though that I like is that one's a double. That one goes two ways because it's describing her past, and the scene that just happened is where the buddy system almost fucking killed her. Yeah. Right. Because uh, that's right after the stuff happens with the captain when she's tethered to him still. Um, Some stuff is just too on the nose. Yeah, uh, but the, here's the I'm... thing. What I had in my notes, though, one of the things that I like about this movie is the set design and set dressing is very good because I wrote down that the set design has an alien vibe to it. Not necessarily yeah, I in... thought the same thing. Yeah, it's very industrial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, not necessarily in aesthetics, been how industrial and lived in it is there's just like chairs randomly in the hallways and people's moon pies and moon the pies and people's jackets <laughs> just slung over things and everything like it looks like a bunch of people fucking live at the bottom of the ocean right it doesn't look yeah sterile or clean um it it looks very industrial industrial it looks used it looks worn it looks lived in you know she's running past apartments banging on doors she's in the laboratory where the showers are and stuff at the beginning like you see living spaces and 
it's not this big, wide open, empty space. They're tiny, narrow corridors, and every room they move through looks like it has a purpose, is what I mean by that. When I said it seems like it has a semi-alien vibe to it. And then I said the set dressing looks very lived in, because not just that, but there's like company posters everywhere. There's like OSHA stuff, right? Which is what I take that one poster use the buddy system. There's like OSHA mandated stuff. There's things on the door that say, um, do not use solvents to clean the seal, you know, because it will dissolve the seal and corrode the seal and then water gets in. Mm -hmm. There's, there's all kinds of incredible, uh, set dressing, which makes me wonder if they went somewhere to film. I don't know if we have any underwater bases in real life. Like, I don't. I feel like they went somewhere to film this, maybe like a like an oil rig or something. Maybe uh, it's credited in the credits as Louisiana. being filmed in Louisiana, but that you know they 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 could have well, some B- type <laughs> of like rig off the coast that they could have visited. It, um, you know, well, BP has a history there, so yeah. They but they uh, they also had like an eighty million dollar budget on this without a lot of like cast members, yeah. so they were able to allocate a lot. Uh, they probably spent three fourths the budget purely on the underwater segments, as far as like uh, them, because like it. The, the I like that the movie isn't minimal about showing them like actually out in the water, because they easily could have had that cut down a lot. But like when they're in the water, like what really drives up the tension is like they're in the fucking water for a minute, uh, just like very slowly creeping around uh, to kind of like show like how much fucking time would have to pass to cross. In those fucking suits underwater, like you'd be so painfully slow, dude. Do uh, you? And I know... like how like deliberate they are about <laughs> those scenes. Do you know what I like so much about those scenes and like the setting of being seven miles under the surface of the ocean, the Marianas Trench? Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of like space science fiction and play a lot of space video games and stuff, and I'm so used to. Oh, there's a crack in my suit. Let me gently get my duct tape out and smack it over the hole. Let me go outside and repair the ship. You get a hole in your suit, you implode instantly. There is no going outside and repairing anything. Like, if something happens, anything, you're just fucking crushed. And it adds a whole new level of tension to me as a viewer because I'm not used to that. My brain is saying, like, how long did we spend repairing the ship in event horizon? Right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the way my brain works watching this type of movie because underwater and in space is very similar in a lot of ways, but very different in a lot of ways. You know, it's not the lack of pressure. That's a problem. It's the amount of pressure. That's the problem. Um, yeah. yeah. It's also and- just easier. It's easier for me personally as someone uh, who will try to like put themselves in like the shoes of the characters in the situation to try to make it stand out more as like an intense situation. I can kind of like put myself in their shoes Uh, and like the idea of them being stuck in this like underwater science facility, drilling thing, whatever the hell it's like purpose actually is like there, there there's a little bit of like alien DNA too, where the company is like very whale and Utani. Like, yeah, I have that in my notes. I have um, that exact line you just said written in my notes. Yeah, that's very, very alien-esque in how this fucking scumbag Especially at the end. Where they, yeah, they uh, 
just scrub everything from the news. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you see they're going to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to uh, build some giant robots at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Dude! <laughs> Why? Let me see. Hang on. <laughs> uh, so while you're searching, I will just quickly say the director is William Eubank uh, and his other titles. Uh, I think this might be the first thing of his I've seen. Are you familiar with anything else Mr. Eubank has done? No, I am not. He's directed his previous uh, stuff other than this is uh, the movie called Love, which I'm not familiar with. The Signal, That's which also I believe... generic. Also generic. <laughs> the Signal I have heard of, but have not seen. Uh, he then directed Underwater, and he directed a Paranormal Activity sequel, which I have not seen. So this is the first thing. Uh, I, I think uh, some of the direction is a little bit on the nose, but as far as like the real intense moments underwater, uh, the claustrophobia. I, I think overall, I think it's directed pretty. I think the acting is directed pretty well. Uh, I agree. For the most part, uh, I, I think uh, I think it's directed pretty well. Uh, just uh, kind of like on a batting average across the board. Um, I like a lot of the cinematography uh, with especially like the horror shots that they do when they're looking up through that little window. And then the facility starts exploding and you see the silhouette of the one looking at them and it moves back. Their um, eyes is a really cool visual too. Glowing in the darkness, like the goddamn tomb of the giants. Yeah, it's real good. Cause like they're, they, uh, they don't have your kind of like typical like fish monster eyes. They have just these like very tiny eyes that just like pierce in the water. It's yeah. Really, it's a really cool effect. I it, like their It looks a lot like design. the silt floating around, except it moves against it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Then, uh, did you see the one in the background behind T.J. Miller when it came after him? I think so. I think so. So, there's a flashing red light behind him. And as he's sitting there fucking with the little bunny, um, in the background, the light flashes, and you see it come up, and then you see its full body silhouetted. And then in the next one, it's mostly gone. And the next one, it's gone. And that's when he turns around. You see it going under the water. Yeah, I definitely saw the part of it going under the water. I might have missed. I'll have to go back and watch it. I might have missed the like, uh, it's like for, the it, full it's, shot of him. It looks like a dude on all fours with his elbows pointing out away from his ribcage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, think, I think I saw that glimpse. Like, I think I did. Slow, it looks like something out of the descent, literally. Like where he's, it's like crawling down. Uh, towards him into the water and when it enters the water that's when he turns around mm -hmm. uh yeah let's see uh the co-writers for the film are brian duffield and adam kozad i'm just quickly browsing around through uh brian duffield shares my birthday coincidentally so, happy <laughs> well, birthday happy mr birthday. duffield uh he co-wrote uh, no One Will Save You, uh, which is a film I have not seen, but I have heard pretty good things about. Um, scrolling back through the rest of his stuff. Oh! The cinematographer... Sorry, I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to interrupt you. The cinematographer no, for this? Uh, Bo Bohan Baselli, I'm going to guess? Surely it's not Bojan. Bojan. He is the cinematographer for The Ring and A Cure for Wellness. Okay. I f yeah, I feel like that was a really good call uh, 
because the yeah. this movie can't work without having that that aesthetic just like nailed perfectly. And and he was the cinematographer for the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Nice. And G Force, the fucking <laughs> hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was caught off guard by it when I saw The Ring and A Cure. Have you seen A Cure for Wellness? I have. Have you seen it? I have. We need to get that on the show. Yeah, it's an interesting one. That's got some Lovecraftian vibes to it as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. They also have the the other shot that was just a direct like homage to the scene in Alien we've discussed of where you're looking at the thing. And they have it in frame, but you don't realize it initially that you're looking at it until yeah. it moves. Uh, and it, I think it's even positioned in like the exact same part of the shot that the the alien scene we've talked about multiple times. Uh, yeah. That 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 was uh, to me like a very like cool homage to that specific alien scare, which I appreciate because I always like that shot. Anytime they're walking along the ocean floor, I just got nothing but pitch black vibes, right? Yeah, um, because you're. Your line of sight is so limited. Like the lights just disappear feet in front of them because of how dark and murky the water is. And I still gotta watch that fucking newest uh Riddick movie. I never watched that most recent Riddick movie. I, I forgot they made another one. Um yeah, I need to watch it. At, at this point, I need to watch the whole fucking series again because I've forgotten so much about it. Because I, I like those movies quite a bit. Is that what we're doing this summer? <laughs> uh, pitch just running through done. all of them. It's an interesting one to talk about because like the the difference in tone between Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick is Alien fucking, and Aliens is yeah it's very very bonkers because uh, it was a full blown horror movie they just became an action movie overnight <laughs> yep yeah. um but there's a that there's a moment that I love when Kristen Stewart's walking out front Emily and the captain are helping Carrie Smith and she's walking along and the the silt on the ground, the ocean floor has been undisturbed until all of a sudden she sees a cloud of it in front of her. So she starts panning around and you can see it's getting thicker as she pans until she catches a glimpse of something that moves into the darkness. Dude, that whole scene is that well, the first time I saw that when I was playing a game, that's when I first paused my game I was like, what is happening? Cause I didn't <laughs> know it was a creature movie. See, I think you got the absolute perfect experience for this <laughs> because you were not paying attention to the opening credits because you were playing your game. Uh, the opening credits, if you watch it and like pay attention to like, the little like snippets of shit in the background behind the like director's name and shit, uh -huh. fucking spells out that there's creatures in the movie. Really? Because I didn't yeah. even see it this time. Yeah, if you, if you pay attention to like, what's being talked about in the little snippets of shit behind the title sequence, just spells out, oh, there's creatures. Now, I didn't know they were Lovecraftian creatures, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Uh, but And they yeah. eat you like the goddamn monster from Deep Rising? They Bro. Just, they just... Bro, when, when, that, when that thing tries to, like, fucking python her at the end? Oh. Fuck that, dude. There's even, like, a sound effect of it, like... Uh, it's so grody, dude. And then, like, they have a really cool shot where it's like a sideways POV almost of showing her inside her helmet yes. as the thing is like pythoning around her. It's so fucking good. And you can see the gun barrel 
up against her helmet as she yells and then pulls the trigger because Man. for all she knows, she's blowing up her helmet. Right. When she does that. It's so metal. Jeff, Man. is it metal? It's fucking metal, dude. So yeah, let's Why is Kristen Stewart metal? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the creatures. Okay. I like how there is another alien kind of callback. You get the kind of progression through the the like the the lifespan of the creatures uh by what you're presented with first like is first first of all is when they bring the little, when they bring the little face hugger looking thing inside the ship i'm like get that thing off the ship because my <laughs> brain reverts back to face huggers like get these things out of here dude what are you doing <laughs> dude that thing that they're looking at i don't know if it was just a, a puppet if it's just like whatever it is. It looks fucking good. It looks fucking real yeah, and menacing. Uh, it looks fucking gross too. Like, yeah, it, it's it is like it's lived in, and how like it doesn't look fake. It looks like this shit can actually float around in the water and be a thing. You know, like they they did their homework on making the creature look like because at that point you don't fully know that it's fucking Lovecraftian monsters. You know, it, yeah. They, I love that the the, the the progression between this is just a sea creature because there's actual fucking shit in the ocean that is Lovecraftian, you know, like yeah. the way that it, it looks fucking terrifying. These things actually exist because uh, <laughs> nothing can get down there. So we don't know what the fuck's down there, but that progression between like, this is a, what could be like a real monster versus like, Oh, it's a fucking Shoggoth. I was like, Oh hell yeah, dude. I probably like sat up in my chair. I was like, like doing the fucking like fly hands. <laughs> you know? like, yes. Dude, you, you just you saying that reminded me of this. There's this really crappy kids show that my kids are really into sadly called Spidey and his amazing friends. <laughs> they, they do some stuff though, that occasionally are just perfect. And one of them is, uh, they, they do the, uh, they do the girl, Dr. Octopus. And in, in one of the episodes with her, she's formulating her evil plan and she's rubbing her hands together like you're describing. <laughs> and her top two tentacles are doing it also. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. It was like I wrote that scene. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, another fucking terrifying moment for me is... So it is when Smith and Paul are out checking on the emergency beacon thing. Yes. It is never touched on again, but what they find the body like uh, being subjected to where it's like, it's like it's back. Right. And it's back is fully exposed. Yeah. And it, they never, t they never find out like what the fuck exactly is happening. So like, is it a face hugger type situation where, if if these like little face hooker things get on a person, they can turn the person into like the Shoggoth thing. I love that we don't ever figure out the full extent of what these like fucking creatures are or like what part of the life cycle they're in, you know? Yeah. Those sh those Shoggoths could be people that they converted because they show that quick little segment of the person oh. being like like changed at a biological level, you know? They're like, what the fuck is going on with this body? Oh but God, then again, Jeff. they Is show this them Dark Souls. Are we gonna? <laughs> are we gonna see talking about the lore implications of underwater? Isn't that cool? Like, I love that though. That's that's <laughs> that's that's fucking Jeff Crack right there. Oh. Where I don't know the full extent of this creature, and they leave it ambiguous. Like, yes, please, thank I, you. I, I, I'm I'm sorry, I I misspoke. Is this Bloodborne, Jeff? 
Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the fly hands are back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Cthulhu has eyes on the inside. Now, I will tell you this much. I was fully on TJ Miller's side through that whole scene with them getting ready to leave and go out and them walking down there. <laughs> like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad yeah. idea. He's like, oh, this is the, uh, he's like, what did it was that he said? Like, this is the, the worst idea in all of mankind. Let's do it. And then he like picks up his helmet and puts it on. Uh, my, probably my, my favorite TJ Miller line, just cause it, it reminded me of something. All right, you and I, you're up. <laughs> well, that, that, but, uh, just it, it reminded me of something you and I would say in this like life or death situation. Oh, you like anime? I like anime too. <laughs> <laughs> what if we're going to do uh, this? Let's do this. And he cranks up the music at the beginning. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, some of the stuff he says is funny. They just they overplay his uh his comedic involvement a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. If they cranked his jokes down to like fifty percent, I think he's a good addition to the cast. They just overplay their hand a little bit too much, but whatever, it's still good. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk. We gotta talk about bro the octopus in they, the room. <laughs> when they fucking reveal that there's a goddamn old one down here. I'm like, this movie just went from like a seven to a nine dude, <laughs> immediately. It, it, because it is a fucking Cthulhu, it's dude. It's fucking Cthulhu. It's Cthulhu. They drilled the, into Rollier and awoke the sleeper. When they reveal that fucking, it's like, re, dude, I'm like, no, it, it can't be. There's, there's, oh shit, it's a Cthulhu. It's a fucking great one. I'm like, at this yes. point, I shut down my computer. <laughs> like, so. So was it the Cthulhu or was it the Shoggoth? Like, at what point when you first watched this were you like, "Oh, I gotta have Jeff watch this on the show"? What was the moment? I, was it the Shoggoth I, or was it the Cthulhu? I put down the controller and like panned my chair around when she's like fucking battling it on the platform while the captain is knifing it, and then. When we get to Cthulhu, I just fucking turned off my computer. I'm like, I'm not going back to this. This is this is what I'm doing tonight. You know what this movie is? This movie is a Ron and Jeff bingo card because <laughs> you have your your alien elements. <laughs> you have your alien elements. You have your so so we're 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 especially me like we're we're dorks for Lovecraftian stuff it such such as in the mouth of madness. We love that movie. It's Lovecraftian. This shit is directly like this could be mythos. Yeah. Like it's a fucking old one. Modern day, They're not 1928. Yeah, it's it's fucking it it's one of those like this is potentially like in the mythos. Like they 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 often are totally cool with you putting your shit just in the mythos. Like this isn't the fucking mythos as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, dude. And then you have your claustrophobia so it has it's like elements from the descent that you and i really enjoy uh because that uh i i think when stuff can be claustrophobic that 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 real world terror yeah that you that you that, it, that it's, it's so relatable because i wouldn't fucking be down there fuck that dude <laughs> <laughs> and then you have your unexplained creature concepts like we've been talking about yep yep and, and then I'm, I'm just like you see you get what i'm saying it's like so many elements that you and I dig, like all rolled in the one and executed. Oh, oh, and the pacing. It's fucking 95 minutes. Like I more of that, please. 95 minutes that literally hits the ground running at the beginning. Yeah. And, and the, the open and the beginning doesn't fuck around. Uh like the, the fucking ship is about to fully implode at like the 90 second mark. Uh, they, 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 they don't, do we even know her name yet? 
And but isn't no. the fucking ship's about to implode? No, or she, the, the, it's yeah, uh, like under the, the base is about to implode. It's after that when he's telling her like, you know, that wasn't you, like that wasn't your fault. You saved all of us. That's when they introduce themselves. They don't. Yeah, you, you don't even know her name yet. They don't even fucking know her fucking name yet. Dude. Like we, we we know the like plot and stakes before we know the main character's name. That never fucking happens. Right? Like, that's cool. That never fucking happens. Most of the time, this movie would open up with thirty minutes of fucking preamble that no one gives a shit about. Where we at that point learn all the backstories, and I like the fact that we don't learn about them until later on. I just wish it didn't all happen back to back to back to back. I wish we could have spaced it out a little bit better, but that's a minor quibble. <laughs> in in the in the face of Cthulhu, that's a minor has, quibble. <laughs> it has Cthulhu, therefore <laughs> that absolves all the problems, dude. Everything we're we're, we're chilling. Not only does it have Cthulhu, that Cthulhu design is fucking amazing. Dude, it, it is like... The, like, split double jaw with all the fangs and all the fucking you, tentacles. You don't know, know what it made me think of? Uh, So, do you remember when they were alluding to the next Pacific Rim movie being like, we're fucking taking the fight yeah. to them? That's the final boss, dude. That's, like, the final <laughs> kaiju. That, that's a fucking awesome design. Like, he looks super cool. He also looks simultaneously like a Pacific Rim kaiju and, like, a Bloodborne boss. Yeah. So, it's just, like... It's the fucking bingo, dude. It's just like they hit like all the marks, man. It's like it was made just for us. It's so cool. I like the detail also that he's ripping part of the base apart with his hands. And then part of it, his fucking tentacle beard is just reaching out and gar- grabbing stuff and ripping it off I of the base. I love the tentacle beard. The tentacle beard oh, actively oh, oh, oh. doing something and not being aesthetic is amazing. How cool is it, too, that you first see the Shagas hanging upside down from the nest? Uh-huh. And you don't know that it's the Cthulhu yet. Yeah. That is so cool. Cause you're like, oh fuck, dude, they just stumbled upon like the nest. And it's like a it's like a hive type thing where they're like butting out of like the holes in the thing, like a wasp nest almost. Yeah, and you're just like, oh yeah. fuck, dude. And then when you find out that he just has like a thousand little fucking shoggoths in his that's like his dude, this is so fucking bloodborne, man. I'm just like, yes. So that's yes. that's the part. When you were talking about where did they come from? What did they come from? Where did they go? They're Cotton Eye Joe, apparently. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell. Are they coming from his body? I think they are, but I don't know. Is he if, just a transport? Gave... Is he just soccer Cthulhu? Or yeah, I I, I don't know. Is That's he generating them? I don't know if he is. I mean, he like... is a god, so he could be. I don't know. I just don't know if they're just hanging out. And you know, using him as a, as a magic school bus, or uh, <laughs> if uh, he is Carlos, it, I I don't know if he is <laughs> like what spawned them all because they have that like and and it's so cool they have that little detail where they're like what is this thing doing to this body where is it reproducing because what they eventually find out too at the very ending of the movie the only two survivors are the two people that are in the cast for the movie. No one else made it out. So, like, have they been just, like, fucking uh, taking all of the victims from the other, you know, like, pods? Because they're they able to chase the pods. Did they fucking take all those people and they're the Shagas? Or did the Shagas already exist because they're, like, the spawn of fucking Papa Thulu? I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, and the fact that I don't know and they don't explain any of this shit makes me like the movie, like, five times more. And, yes, just, like... Fucking clapping all around, dude. Thank you. It's so they get good. It. They get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Um 
the also the idea like when the escape pods fly past Cthulhu and he just like looks up and like makes a noise and they just all start shooting out of his body and going directly for them like he's directly controlling all of them yep like oh yeah he's trying to sink their battleship man oh <laughs> the sound he makes did you notice you hear it at the beginning of the movie oh yeah uh like the very like bassy rumble that he does so uh, when when she's brushing her teeth and the lights flicker mm -hmm. you you hear him walking and you hear that throaty noise he makes and then the lights flicker and then the water starts coming down and then when you hear it again everything starts imploding you well, so you hear it at the beginning of the movie I I like the fact that the, this this fucking movie they're basically has, walking behind him and following him to where he's going. I, I I like the fact that this fucking movie exists where you see Kristen Stewart nuke a fucking Cthulhu. That that is a sentence I never thought I would say, <laughs> and I'm so glad that it exists. Jeff, is it metal? <laughs> I think it's metal, dude. Nuke a Cthulhu. Is my new band name when I eventually start a band. <laughs> Nuclear Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, Nuclear Cthulhu. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Nuclear Cthulhu. Uh So the uh, I I think the only like quibble I have with the direction is there's a few slow motion shots. Oh, I know. That I could do without. Uh, they drive me crazy. Like so. Like part of the thing pisses me off about shots like that is not only that it's kind of like a trope it takes you out of the movie it takes you out of the movie because when it turns into fucking slow motion i realize it at that second that's like i'm sucked out of the the moment because oh yeah i'm watching a movie when i, I when i i can like mentally check out enough they to where do I, it right after the cthulhu reveal that's the one that pisses me off yeah it's really but but they have a cthulhu so it's okay i, I will i will forgive them the annoying at least they didn't have the Fellowship of the Ring uh, single fucking FPS thing. You remember what we talked about that? Like yeah. the, the low frames per second effect. It, At least uh, it doesn't have that. Yeah, it doesn't have that. It's it's a weird decision to make because we complained about Lord of the Rings doing it and that movie was 20 some odd years ago and it was one of the last ones to do it. Yeah, there's um, a reason we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, get that shit out of movies. I don't, I don't need... the that what, type of slow motion what's weird so like lord of the rings in fellowship i always forget those scenes are there and then the first time it happens i was like oh right it's just in fellowship that they, yeah. they, they immediately realized they done fucked up <laughs> and they got rid of it they got yeah when i watch fellowship i'm just like oh right i forgot we do this through the movie a few times i uh, dude it, in it, underwater this movie it'll do it and i'm like oh come on guys and then the second time it does, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot we're, we're doing this. And then when it does that to the Cthulhu reveal, I'm like, god damn it. I fucking forgot you're going to do that again. Stop doing it. Because I'm so distracted some... by what yeah. is happening in the movie that I forget they're going to do it. And it, the first time it pulls you out is the worst time. All like three times they do it is the first time over again. Yeah, it's always done at like the absolute worst moment. Oh, I think one so of the bad. first, if if it's not the first, it's one of the first. But I think it's after Rodrigo dies. That should be such a quick shot. It should be like a punch to the gut. And during the shockwave implosion thing, I think they have a bit of slow motion. I'm like, oh man, you could not have had this at a worse time. Because <laughs> all the gravity of that want, is gone. 
you don't want fucking slow motion during that because that defeats the entire purpose of it being like a shock. It's yeah. a literal fucking shock wave, man. Why is it in slow motion? Yeah. Why is it in slow motion? To Get be cool, shit out of here, man. To be cool. Get this shit out of here, man. We're not fucking in 1999 doing fucking matrix ripoffs again like what are we doing guys one one of these producers loves that effect i bet and forced them to do it i guarantee you like that later on when when uh kristen stewart has like another shockwave thing happen and she like is horizontal to the ocean floor and does like a slow motion like i'm like guys (laughs) why (laughs) but Uh, then you know what happened they had a cthulhu they pulled their fucking trap card man so i'm okay oh my I'm, god I, when I uh, you. they uh, i forgot to mention this with the cinematography so not only is the setting claustrophobic the way it's filmed is claustrophobic and then they add to it further by having the in helmet shots adding more claustrophobia so it's claustrophobia on top of claustrophobia on top of claustrophobia um yep yeah it this movie is just terrifying even when they're just walking around you know Mm -hmm. man i think i might have touched on (laughs) everything i wanted to touch on Uh, i'm trying to roll i mean i can talk about i can talk about the fucking cthulhu thing for like an hour because i was just like so excited i didn't expect when you were talking about uh so i had never heard of this movie in my life uh, and then at the end of it, I'm watching Kristen Stewart and nuke a fucking Cthulhu. I'm just like, <laughs> did I have a stroke? Is this actually happening? Uh, it's fucking wild, dude. I've never heard of this movie. And then at the end, I'm watching Kristen Stewart nuke a Cthulhu. I feel like the little crafty protagonist. We, that, if we ever sell a t-shirt. This, the, today was like my version of being the Lovecraftian protagonist where I learned too much. I learned too much. Now I gotta go. Now I'm gonna go crazy, man. Like, oh my god. <laughs> um. Yeah, it. Uh, I forgot. I forgot. I'm looking through my notes here to see if I touched on everything, and I forgot they literally did it again, Jeff. What they do? The name of the underwater movie is Underwater, and the midway point in their plan to escape, which is the midway point of the movie, is that station. Is that midway station? Did you notice that it's called Midway I, Station? I read it, but uh, I also think their interstitials of like saying where we're at in the movie are completely unnecessary because that also takes me out of the movie. Right. Because I once I uh, oh also uh, your pacing is the, fine. Stop reminding me of your pacing. Yeah, uh, I like what what purpose does it serve? Saying the location of their their sub base thing. And how many miles underwater? Like, I fucking get it. This dude just imploded. You're fucking deep underwater. I get it. I don't need the exact number measurement of how far underwater this specific sub base is. It's unnecessary. Oh. Real quick question. Yeah. What is what is your reaction to the narration from Kristen Stewart's character? Because Unne- I also found that unnecessary and didn't need it, to be in the movie. That is a really old trope that I wish would go away. Like, if the movie is taking place in the past or something like it works in terminator right but yeah. a movie that is actively happening right now in the present being narrated by the main character as if it happened in the past is really confusing it it uh it sends mixed messages 
are we telling a story or are we watching it in real time? It also really contradicts what you're going for by making the first like 40 minutes it, of the movie this like really intense like thrill ride because you're supposed to be along for the ride. You're, you're, you're supposed to forget that you're watching a movie. You're supposed to be in their shoes. You're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be like very claustrophobic. But what makes me completely remember that I'm watching a fucking movie is <laughs> it's also it's very like rote narration too. Yeah. It's usually very, very generic and very, oh God, there's like, it, it reminds me of a specific like old type of uh, like movie writing technique where it's just like this went away for a reason. Like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't like uh, end up evaluating towards like anything. It, it's just there for the sake of, it's like trying to be like noir. And I'm like, why? It doesn't fit here at all. I don't get it. Yeah, see, the way that they cover it up in Terminator is she's doing audio, literal audio logs from every video game you've ever played for John <laughs> yeah. Connor for when he's born, right? And that's cool. That's actually really cool. They like, reveal that out. at the end, yeah. that her narration yeah. through this movie. And I think that's kind of what they're going for, but that's not what's happening. So it's really strange. What it says to me is that there's some insecurities. They're not letting the scene speak for itself or the gravity of what's happening in the scene speak for itself. They, they don't feel secure enough in the writing or the direction or the cinematography or whatever. They feel like they need to spoon feed it. Um, it, it also, it, it def- it. now, as I've said a thousand times, she's about to nuke a Cthulhu. <laughs> so everything is forgiven. Uh, the narration at the end is obnoxious and totally unnecessary. And, does it, she's she's saying a whole bunch of words without saying anything like in actuality There's, i couldn't even fucking tell you what she says at the end of it it's some like generic fucking line about like the metaphor of her, her sacrifice i'm just like bro like can we just have the scene <laughs> we don't need the narration it's uh, amateur as fuck <laughs> um by the way in what you just said, it just dawned on me that the main protagonist in this Lovecraftian adaptation committed suicide. Yep. Not for yep. the same reason they usually do, mm-hmm. but she did commit suicide like usually happens in a HP Lovecraft thing. In the most fucking metal way humanly possible. Right? Fuck yes, she did. Like, the, and that, you know, okay, uh, when I think really... about it, doesn't the Call of Cthulhu end with like or either end or begin with them ramming him with their ship and him sinking back into the waves yeah i think that's the ending of it that's what i was thinking that's the ending of it. it's been a while since i've read i'm i meant to either reread it or go through the audiobook version that i have before we got here and i i just didn't have time it's been a fucking week dude um there there are a few times that they let it hang without underlining it and highlighting it and circling it three times for you that I really like. One of them that I wrote down is when they're dragging poor Smith on the bottom of the ocean and she's talking about, you know, what, like how bad it is, that feeling of being powerless to change anything. And at the end of the movie, she blows up Cthulhu to make sure her friends make it to the surface. Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I just thought that was really funny uh, is how casually she's able to 
create a fucking like nuclear meltdown to the bottom of the ocean there isn't even like a fail safe or anything like yeah. they could have spent like five seconds of her this is this is the most like like fucking small ball quibble you could possibly have but i thought it was so funny that she causes this meltdown and i get i get like a bigger error message changing settings and audacity <laughs> than she than she does setting a fucking nuclear meltdown and, and like like Maybe we gotta have like like some sticky keys reactions on the computer, like something like, "Are you sure you want to create a nuclear meltdown?" See, yes or no? And they're, they're, she's just like, "It's like as simple as Control Alt Delete, dude." It's so funny <laughs> to me. Control Alt Delete Cthulhu. <laughs> control Alt Nuclear Bomb. Uh, it's so funny. See, I chalked, I watch enough good and bad science fiction movies. I just chalk that up to Hollywood. Like, but the, that's but that's the thing. What happens in Alien? It's a thing. Yeah. This, the fail-safes are like the last fucking 20 minutes of the movie I mean, before she gets onto her pod, you know? And it's th like that's how the, the entire alien third gets act. onto her pod. The entire third act is related to the fail-safes. Yeah. And on here, they're just like, all right, so you get this little thing. Oh, oh, oh nuclear meltdown. There you go. Job's done. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, she's a mechanical engineer. She does this all the time. <laughs> It's so funny uh, that it's so cat. You could fucking take a nap at the keyboard and accidentally <laughs> nuclear meltdown <laughs> if you happen to be holding the mouse. It is fucking hysterical to me. Dude, but she again, was playing Galaga. <laughs> she didn't think we would notice, <laughs> but we, we did. Notice. You play Minesweeper on that computer, and you have some very dangerous repercussions potentially happening at the bottom of the at the bottom of the trench. <laughs> it's very dangerous, dude. dude. Oh man! You know how many times I meant to put a flag in Minesweeper and accidentally blew myself up? <laughs> I don't think there was ever even a Cthulhu involved. Uh, oh, oh my goodness. Jesus Christ! It's so fucking funny. Mm. But you know what? Cthulhu. It's got a shock. And, and Cthulhu fucking knew what was happening. He was desperately oh, yeah. trying, to trying to run to... away. He's fucking huge too, dude. Yeah. He's fucking massive. He's like yeah. fucking like Empire State Building size, dude. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, bitch. He's bigger than the fucking Kaiju and Pacific Rim, man. Absolutely. It's so good. It's so good. Oh my God. Uh, this movie is so yeah. good. It's it's such a fucking shame too, because this movie bombed. Yeah, I this know. Movie, this movie bombed bigger than fucking Kristen Stewart's Mind Super game at the bottom of the ocean, dude. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's brutal. It was like an eighty million dollar budget, I think I read, and it grossed like half of that. Uh, and that's as we usually say, like probably didn't include the marketing. Right. So big bomb, which sucks because it's it's good. It's, yeah, it's a it's a good it, movie. It has it has, it has it its has, problems. Like I said, it has its, it has its problems. It is not doing anything new, but I think it learned a lot of the right lessons from stuff it's pulling from. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. that if it's good. Yeah, it also does just enough of the individual elements that it like uh, it, it creates like a like a really success in the like you know some of its parts column for me. Uh, it's it's pulling the correct thing like pulling the claustrophobia from the descent and like uh, the very very like down-to-earth aspect of alien and uh the entire lovecraft mythos that is just blatantly on display in a way you never fucking see yeah uh like uh it's so cool like 
uh, as someone that really wanted to see, was it uh, at the Mountains of Madness that was the Cthulhu mythos thing that uh, Del Toro was attached to for like 10 years and never got, got off the, the ground, unfortunately? I believe so. Like, could I you imagine? So. Could you imagine this a Del looks Toro like a Cthulhu, thing? This looks like a Cthulhu he would design. Right? The monster like, design in this is incredible. This is something Hellboy would fight. Yes. And it's so fucking awesome. And I like, pl- like, please give me more of this shit. Cause like, could you imagine he would have set off that nuclear explosion with the good Samaritan? Oh, fuck. Yeah. This is what he would have done. Well, he just wrote a fucking sequel. And dude. because he's Hellboy, he would have fucking survived it. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. By the uh, way. Yeah. Nothing says that Cthulhu was destroyed or even injured. He clearly oh, no. thought he was going to be injured. He clearly thought he might die. He, he got a very bad sunburn, but he's chilling. Dude. I, he didn't want this to happen to him. He's clearly trying to get away from it when it's happening. Yeah. But also, uh, that's also left ambiguous. Cthulhu is the hero. He was just trying to take a nap with his homies. <laughs> you know? It was mankind that delved too far into the unknown, Ron. Dude. And then you stumble upon a napping Cthulhu with Chagas. Could you and then imagine? You end up, uh, and you end up with uh, Kristen Stewart, you know, fucking nuking the bottom of the ocean, you know? And doing it all in her underwear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> could you imagine you're just... One day, you're just on the bottom of the ocean, minding your own business, drilling for oil, and you fucking cracked Rollier and awoke the sleeper. Is that... E- so here's the question. Okay. Real quick, they're they're not necessarily drilling for oil because of the Wayland Utani aspect yeah. of these fucking asshole corporations, and also because of the the map that there's there's a lot of like subtext to the captain's character too. Uh, do you remember like the map they like zone in on? Yeah, of t- like narrowing down the exact location of where this is all happening. Uh-huh. Is is this corporation? Like in the know, are are they Team Thulu and knew about this shit? Team and Thulu. uh, all questions that unanswered, you know, unanswered. What do you think? Do you think they knew about the shit? Because they they sure as hell allude to them knowing something. It, and also yeah. the fact that they were able to cover all of this shit up shows they're a lot more of like a powerful corporation than like an oil, like your normal run of the mill oil drilling company, like. There's May- some shady X-Files shit happening with this. Maybe they're, uh, oh, dude! Get Mulder and Scully on the case! Oh, man. Um, yeah, it... I think they're pulling a Doom 2016, and they're trying to use Cthulhu as a power source. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Why else would you be seeking out Cthulhu? Uh, because it's fucking Cthulhu, and it's awesome. it's fucking Cthulhu, it's awesome. i would so cause the destruction of mankind like there's no like because if if i'm if i'm the like the ceo of the corporation i'm just like wait so you ron you're telling me there's a there's a there's a cthulhu down there well shit man kristen stewart get kristen stewart on the case (laughs) picks up the red phone kristen stewart we need you um so okay let me ask you this i'm not team edward or team jacob (laughs) I'm, I'm Team, team Cthulhu. I'm Team, team Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Um, let me ask you this. Rollier, the sunken city. Is it a place? Or is it the fucking drilling station they built on the bottom of the ocean floor? 
I don't know. If I put on my Dark Souls hat and try to figure out your the lore Souls, of this, your Dark Souls uh, tinfoil hat. <laughs> yep, exactly. It, it are they? Uh, it's the it's the Xanthus crown. <laughs> <laughs> um, you it, sure should be stuck <laughs> trying to crawl through the fucking tunnels down there. <laughs> yeah, like, is it a sunken city or did they build the sunken city? I don't know. Yeah. All unanswered. How, and how deep can we go underwater, it. Jeff? I know, dude. It's crazy. I really wish they'd come up with a better title. I really think <laughs> the underwater title did them no favors because this movie is really cool. But if I don't even know your movie existed, there's a problem. You're like, more they're, plugged they're, into movies than I am, too. Oh, I, I like the fact that this movie exists. There's a fucking Cthulhu movie that I didn't know existed. That's a <laughs> that's a red flag, dude. Now, I'm glad I didn't know about it because it was a fucking awesome experience to like, wait, there's a fucking shock. There's a fucking Cthulhu. What? <laughs> and I'm like a fucking fat kid in Dude, a candy shop. When they reveal that by the flare, the light of the flare that she shoots. Oh, my heart. Did, did, were you just like frothing at the mouth of like, I got to get this in the show so Jeff can finally like figure out that there's a Cthulhu in this fucking movie. I watched this like two days before we recorded uh, Event Horizon and I knew oh, yeah. that was my next pick. I nice. knew then that that was my next pick. Yeah, that, that was like a red alert. We gotta get this shit. This was a screenplay show. rewind emergency. Yeah, a fucking emergency. Uh, yeah. I, had, I, ju I, ju I, I jumped out of bed, jumped on the fire pole and slid down to the basement. <laughs> I gotta get picked up uh, the red phone. Kristen Stewart, call Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie rules. Uh, it, ha it has its problems, uh, but the, what's Cthulhu. good about it? What's good about it makes me not give a flying fuck <laughs> because it has a Cthulhu, and that's all I need. I'm a simple man. I just need. <laughs> I'm a simple man and a Cthulhu whore. Yes, that's uh, all I need. That's all I need. Uh, hey yeah, Jeff, can, just... can I debut a new segment on the show that you don't even know about? Oh God! Uh, go ahead. So I created an account with Chat GPT, and this is what I was playing with before we started recording in the <laughs> green room. This is what you heard me randomly cackling at. Um, okay, I'm gonna run through a couple of these that I did. Oh no! You got this, you, you got this from Abject Suffering, didn't you? Didn't they do this recently, where like Gary was running through shit uh, on the uh, the Chat GPT? Oh shit! I just lost it all. Um, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I see how it works now. They have this in a really weird thing. But, yes, I think they did just do this randomly recently. Um, oh, my God, it keeps moving. Let's see. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's all here. Um, whew, I was so scared. I'll explain, to you, I'll explain to you later what I thought happened. All right. On the edge of my seat. I said, in 140 characters or less, write a humorous review of the film Underwater. Now, Jeff. <laughs> you pointed out the reviews for this movie and i believe chat gpt pulled from that because everything is negative <laughs> everything i did is all negative and against this movie so chat gpt is not a fan not a fan um one of, one of them that was pretty good is i generated a few of these underwater the only movie oh since i i think i since i said 140 characters or less it did emoticons at the end and hashtag underwater movie like it's a tweet. Nice, nice. Underwater. 
the only movie where the monsters aren't the scariest thing. Trying to figure out if it's a horror or a plumbing tutorial. Um, what the fuck? I don't know. Um, let's see. There was another one here. Underwater. Like a blind date with sea monsters. Unexpected, intense, and it leaves you questioning your life choices. Two out of five drowned hopes. Jesus, I got dark <laughs> at the end. Um, okay, explain why in the film Underwater, Kristen Stewart has to be in her underwear the whole movie. <laughs> uh, so some of these... You, 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 you wrote that one, right? That yeah. wasn't... Yeah, this, okay. is, this is me questioning things. Okay, okay, okay. Chat GPT literally sounds like the studio heads or like the producers explaining this away and it's amazing. In Underwater, Kristen Stewart's character wears a specialized underwater suit for survival. The choice is practical, emphasizing vulnerability in extreme conditions, not gratuitous. Um, <laughs> not gratuitous. <laughs> not gratuitous. Remember, want, <laughs> it can't be gratuitous. I want hashtag not gratuitous for a hat. Um, <laughs> TJ Miller gets turned into a fucking icy Bowie. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta make sure that's not gratuitous. Let's see. Um. There was another one here. I generated a few of these. Let's see. In Underwater, this literally reads like a press release, right? In, <laughs> in Underwater, Kristen Stewart's character wears a minimal outfit due to the urgency of escaping a deep-sea drilling disaster. The practicality of survival gear in extreme conditions takes precedence over conventional clothing. What is this thing's <laughs> fucking fascination with the, the, the functionality of the suit? Well, I, I asked it why she has to be in her underwear. I don't. It, it's trying to. It trying. It sounds like a studio oh, head. Okay, okay. It sounds like okay. a studio head trying to talk around the question, right? I, I I thought your prompt for it was just review it in general. I didn't I didn't catch that. No, I said explain why in the movie she has to be in, in her underwear the whole movie. Okay. Um. Do, 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 do. I was like, why is this also specified? It's a okay. This sounds like it would be the writer or the director. In the film Underwater, Kristen Stewart's character wears a thermal underwear suit, emphasizing <laughs> the challenging deep-sea environment. It's not about aesthetics. It adds realism <laughs> to the survival <laughs> theme in extreme conditions. Ch challenging deep-sea environment is a better title for the movie <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> uh, okay. Then I said, humorously summarize the film Underwater in 200 characters or less. <laughs> underwater Kristen Stewart battles sea monsters pressure and bad luck in a clingy survival suit it's like a wet roller coaster drowned screams included <laughs> wet roller coaster also a better <laughs> title than underwater that's my favorite Pornhub category oh no <laughs> um this one <laughs> dude <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this. I have to send this to you so you can see the emoticons at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to read this one. I can't. Underwater, Kristen Stewart and crew try to fix a deep sea crisis but find more monsters and solutions. It's basically wetter <laughs> than expected. Water emoji. Uh, what do you? What's the slash in the circle called? Like the the, the no smoking sign. The, yeah, the no smoking sign emoji, and then the little octopus. <laughs> the little octopus. 
It's wetter than uh. expected. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. This is the greatest tagline of all time. That should have been the tagline on the bottom of the poster. It's, it's basically, basically water. water. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> See, if that if that was a line of the narrative... If that was a line of her narration at the beginning or ending of the movie, I'm okay with it at that point. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, okay. That's gold. This one's pretty good, too. Remember, this is humorous summarization in 200 <laughs> characters or less. Kristen Stewart fights aquatic chaos, sea monsters, and wardrobe malfunctions, proving that in the deep, survival and dry clothes are equally elusive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that one is actually... That one's actually pretty spot on. <laughs> oh god. Um Oh. Okay, this is the one that I was laughing at really hard when you popped in to say you were ready to record. Kristen Stewart battles sea monsters, water pressure, and bad luck in underwater. <laughs> it's it's like finding Nemo if Nemo had fangs and the ocean hated you. <laughs> <laughs> finding Thulu. Oh, <laughs> uh, so then uh, it it goes on. I said, "What would Crow T Robot think of the movie Underwater?" <laughs> underwater, more like underwhelming. Even my servo joints ache from the suspense of waiting for a plot. Dive in if you enjoy deep sea naps. That underwhelming instead of underwater is actually a good line, right? It's really, and strong. it used it three out of the four times that I asked it. <laughs> oh God, um. Let's see. Ah, it just scrolled way down for some reason. Hang on. Um. Okay. So, go to robot. Da, da, da. Uh. Okay. Underwater, more like underwhelming. I've seen scarier creatures in my cereal. It's like finding Nemo with a side of anxiety. Give me a better reason to fear the deep, like running out of cheesy movies. My goodness. Oh my god, I I, I like this. I I think I'm I'm gonna go gonna do this more often <laughs> because oh my god, dude, uh, it's basically wetter than expected. Was worth this last ten minutes. <laughs> the movie underwater. It's basically wetter than expected. <laughs> oh shit, that's oh fucking good. god. Uh yeah, I think I think I think I've touched on everything. Uh yeah, thanks for having us on the show because I first of all, I probably never would have realized this existed. I definitely wouldn't have watched it. Uh I didn't watch I, it for a long time cuz Kristen Stewart being the main protagonist. And she was awesome in this. I was wrong. I hands down yeah, I was good. wrong. Even if the movie was even if the movie was bad, I was wrong about her, you know? So Yeah. This uh, time <laughs> this time, <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah yeah i think she's uh i think she's good when she is deployed in the proper role i i don't think she's ever Tactical gonna be Kristen stewart deployment <laughs> uh man uh, it's basically Kristen stewart when expected <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't think she's like uh like a Pattinson style where like Robert Pattinson can like fucking chameleon into like whatever fucking movie role he's gonna be put in and be good. Uh but Kristen Stewart can be good. 
Uh, that's the, that's a Lovecraftian that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> that's the, that's the Lovecraftian protagonist's discovery at the ending of the story. Oh my God, Kristen Stewart can't be good. I'm going insane. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I gotta nuke my fucking self at the bottom of the ocean now. Because Kristen Stewart was solid in this movie. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Man. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, this was your pick. So any final thoughts, Ron? Before I sign us out. Go check it out. Seriously. I hope you didn't listen all the way to this point without seeing it. But you know it, Bobby already did. So it, go, you know what, Bobby? Go watch it anyway. He's a, good he, stuff. Well, I'm guessing he's already seen it based on that that uh that comment he left. Oh, I, I think he does that as a joke. I don't think he's actually seen it. Uh but it's Bobby, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> it's like trying to find, figure out a Lovecraft protagonist. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, if you'd like to follow the show more, we are on Twitter, as previously mentioned, at SPR Filmcast. Any ratings or reviews on whichever platform uh, you found us on is always appreciated and helpful. Speaking of, you- I was waiting for you to get to that part so I could tell you that I asked ChatGPT to write a five-star review of Screenplay Rewind. Uh-oh. Screenplay Rewind is a cinematic delight. With insightful analysis, witty banter, and a deep dive into the world of scripts, each episode is a five-star journey through the magic of storytelling, a must-listen for film enthusiasts and aspiring writers alike. Oh, shit. So then... I don't think anything anything has ever said about me. So then... Thanks, Chad, GPD. I took that and said, write a one-star review for the podcast Screenplay Rewind. (laughs) 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 I got Screenplay Rewind is a tedious bore. Endless ramming, rambling, and lackluster insights make this podcast a painful experience. It's like listening to a never-ending lecture on bad screenwriting. Save your Damn. time and skip this one. Shit. See, now I'm afraid of how good the artificial intelligence is getting because that was pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm was, not going to lie. That was so accurate. That was very... What was the, what was the boring... It's a tedious bore? It's a tedious bore. Endless rambling and lackluster insights. Several names <laughs> that would have been better names for this podcast. Lackluster insights. Yeah. All very, very painfully accurate. Uh, welcome back to Lackluster Insights. I'm Ron. oh god so then jesus and then i had an idea and while you were talking about cthulhu i said how would cthulhu review the film underwater (laughs) cthulhu rises from the depths to give underwater a tentacle thumbs up finally a movie that captures the existential dread of the abyss and features distant relatives five stars for terrifying realism and cosmic horror vibes Thanks for your review, Cthulhu. So, the last thing that I did before you reveal your movie. When you mentioned Pacific Rim, I asked ChatGPT to write a movie description for Pacific Rim Robots versus Cthulhu. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm not ready, but go ahead. I, I, I'll, you know what? I'm also sending this to you because I want you to see the emoticons. All of these have emoticons at the end, every one of them. In a cataclysmic clash of dimensions, towering Pacific Rim robots face an ancient cosmic terror, Cthulhu. As oceans churn (laughs) and sanity unravels, humanity's fate hangs in the balance. 
brace for colossal battles, eldritch horrors, and a struggle beyond imagination. Will steel and circuits conquer the abyssal unknown? Or will the deep unleash unspeakable darkness? Get ready for the ultimate showdown in Pacific Rim versus Cthulhu. Titans collide. <laughs> you know what? My brain, as I was reading this, autocorrected the abyssal unknown to the abysmal unknown. And that also would have been a great name for this show. <laughs> oh my God. I love oh. this so much. Yeah. I want this to be a real thing now. Pacific Rim versus Cthulhu. What was that fucking uh, blatant parody movie ripoff of Pacific Rim? You remember what I'm talking about? Uh, it was like the basically like Sharknado equivalent copy of it. Do you remember that being no. a thing? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Pacific Rim uh, ripoff. <laughs> Pacific Rim <laughs> versus Cthulhu. Titans. Atlantic collide. Rim. Do you remember Atlantic no? Rim? No. What the fuck is Atlantic Rim? Atla I, oh, Atlantic Rim might have to be on the show, Ron, but you know why? Why? It has a 1.6 out of 10 on IMDb, and it has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me, you know, is think it, must watch material. Is it Atlantic Rim Resurrection? I just found Atlantic Rim, the first one, 2018? in 2013. Oh, no, no. Uh, so Res Resurrection is like the sequel. Dude. Uh, the original one was 2013. The 2018 one is season two, episode two. Is this a series? No, oh, Mystery Science Theater. Ha-ha. Um, so this is made by the Asylum, who are the Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus people. Mega Shark versus oh, Crocosaurus. From the okay, it says on IMDb, it's from the sea, and then underneath that original title, Atlantic Rim. Yeah, got so, it. I, I I guess it falls under parody law, but even with parody law, I don't understand how these people didn't get sued. Dude, because if you look at the fucking picture, it is literally a Jaeger. <laughs> it's uh, just the same thing. Have you ever played Virtual On? No. This these look like Virtual On robots. Okay, I'm I surprised you hadn't heard of this because like, this never was from heard like of this. this was from your uh, your Sharknado people, and I know you love your Sharknado. Ooh man. This oh no, so Graham Greene is in this. Who's that? What, uh, was, what was it? Um you'll you'll know him as soon as you see his face. He's also in uh, uh Twilight as well. Interesting. Um, I'm pulling up the link right now. Oh yeah, this dude. Yep. Known for the Green oh, Mile, shit. Wind River, Dances with Wolves, and Maverick. Nice. He's in The Last of Us, it looks like. Oh, yeah, he was in The Last of Us. Shit. Yeah, see, he's one of those guys. One of those, oh, yeah, guys. That, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stunned you hadn't heard of Atlantic. Are you going to watch Atlantic Rim now? Give me a review. If you're going uh, to have, have it on the show, then I'm not. Uh, actually, uh, that would be a good one if we ever actually got off our ass and did the live review thing again <laughs> where we make fun of the shit in real time as we're watching it while drinking preferably because I'm probably going to need booze to get through Atlantic Rim because 1.6 on IMDb I didn't even know that was possible I've never <laughs> seen something get that low that is fucking impressive dude why are all the shots of the robots blurry did Michael Bay direct this they reached the depths of the abysmal unknown when they made Atlantic Rim man crazy Crazy work of art right here. I'm looking at the pictures and I just who I would want to, I, win in a battle of Pacific Rim robots 
versus Atlantic <laughs> Rim Robots. How come I can't spell Atlantic? That's the second time I've misspelled it. <clears throat> Generating. The outcome would depend on various factors, such as the design, capabilities, and technology of the robots from both Pacific Rim and Atlantic Rim. However, it's important to note that these movies are fictional, and the concept of Atlantic Rim doesn't involve the same level of global recognition or popularity as Pacific Rim. In the realm of creative storytelling, the winner could be determined by the imagination of the writers and filmmakers. Ultimately... It's a playful hypothetical scenario with no definitive answer. Damn. I just, ChatGPT just told me to sit down. It really did. <laughs> it really did. It got sassy. <laughs> Dude, why do I feel like I should have it write the description for our episode? <laughs> uh, oh, this is he amazing. He says that as if I don't already do that. You think I write this shit? No. Uh, no. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> How else am I supposed to eventually develop Skynet unless I let it write reviews for our mediocre podcast, man? Come on. <laughs> get on my level, dude. We gotta get the fuck out of here before oh we get too Oh my god. Over. I regenerated it. I'm gonna send this to you. I'm not gonna read it on the air, but it wrote a fucking textbook. Jesus. Is this the Atlantic Rim Pacific Rim yes, debacle? It wrote a fucking debacle. You yeah, shut gonna... your mouth. <laughs> how dare you question chat gpt how dare you have chat gpt generate content <laughs> how dare you blatantly rip off gary and cole's segment from that checks up for i forgot they did that i totally yeah, they, forgot they did they that. totally did this exact same thing <laughs> but you know what it's always welcome because it's always fucking funny because this ai shit should be used for podcast segments, not actual fucking articles. Right. Have you seen that shit where they tried to use this, uh, sp uh, specifically during the writer's strike, they were trying to use AI to write a bunch of articles and one of them just like blatantly made fun of a guy dying. I'm just like, yeah. who fucking... Uh, so first of all, I'm assuming, you know, you obviously didn't have anybody but AI write the fucking article. Can you at least have a human fucking proofread it before you upload it to your goddamn website? It would have taken them five minutes to read it fucking idiots god that pisses me off yeah Ugh. it's um they during the writer's strike they were having um they were trying to have it generate movie scripts and uh oh yeah and tv it was scripts bad. it was bad real real bad well now i'm uh, sad yeah yeah <laughs> well you'll go write up some more chat gpt stuff it'll make you happy so you'll be fine just just keep writing sequels through it for atlantic versus pacific rim and you'll have a great time <laughs> um i oh uh any uh friends you know that might like to check out the show always share it out that always helps us grow uh was there any other plugs i missed ron we had like a 10 minute segment in between some of the plugs i honestly forgot what all i had said yeah, true, I, I SPR fashion. I don't have any idea. I think I covered the the, the gist of it. Uh, Ron, would you like to know what we're covering on the next episode? What are we covering, Sir Jeff? We are going to fully get caught up. Oh no! On little Here director, you might remember oh, a little boy. movie called The Lighthouse. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mister uh, Mister Eggers himself. We're gonna watch The Witch. We're cover oh, the, the Vivich. The Vivich. Yeah, we're going to cover the Vivich. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's been on my list for a while. I have no idea what yeah. it is. 
Yeah, we're going to watch it because we got. I, I want to go ahead and get caught up on his uh, movies before they have that. What's going to be his fucking Nosferatu movie is going to blow my fucking mind and I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm going to have that on the show once it comes out. And uh, let's go ahead and get caught up on his. Uh, what is it? What is his first fucking movie, which is just baffling once you watch it? Because like the attention to detail in that fucking movie is insane. So, yeah, uh, The Witch, it looks to be on Max. Let me just verify if it's on anything else people to check out on did you say mac max like hbo oh, okay it's on so yeah it's on the subs for max and it's also uh for rent on like apple and your usual suspects so yeah we're gonna watch the witch which i don't like quite as much as the lighthouse because the lighthouse is just like fucking perfection but it's really good and i'm excited to check it out again yeah, yeah, I'm I'm interested in it because, like I said, it's been on my list for a little bit. And I just just haven't got around to it, man. There's been too many Spider-Man twos to play. Yeah, how many playthroughs of that have you hit now? Like seven? Is uh, that just all you do all day? I am waiting for New Game Plus to do my next playthrough. Oh, they not added that yet? They have not added it. <laughs> yet. They're still doing bug fixes. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Uh, well, I. I any other chat GPT nonsense <laughs> before we officially sign off? I think we're. Should I have I a right of sign off? <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get our sign. What the fuck? We're almost uh, we're almost a two hour mark anyway. Have it write up a little sign off for us <laughs> and take it away. How 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 should I word it? Because that appears to be very important in its answer. Uh, so uh, please, in what two hundred characters or less, write up a closing statement for Screenplay Rewind podcast or something like that. Write up a closing statement for <laughs> this the is gonna be terrible screenplay <laughs> or amazing rewind underwater episode or podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> it generated two. Oh no! That's never happened to me before. It's learning. <laughs> it's it knows multiply. I'm gonna. It knows I'm gonna regenerate. As we resurface from the depths of underwater, our screenplay rewind journey concludes. Dive into the abyss of storytelling with us again next week. Until then, stay real and keep the plot afloat. I shit you not. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's not. It's it's a little forced. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. What's the second one? As we resurface from the depths of underwater, let's reflect on the cinematic currents and script depths we've explored. Dive into the podcast ocean with us next time for another script adventure. Another script? We're like a fucking 80s Saturday morning cartoon, bro. <laughs> Shit, that's good. <laughs> All right, now now I'm no longer Dude. making fun of AI. I'm now terrified of AI because it's it's too clever for me, man. Here's what I didn't, right. here's what I didn't tell us. you. Here's what I didn't communicate well. Um, until then, stay real and keep the plot afloat. Real is R-E-E-L. Oh, okay. okay, we're done. AI won. <laughs> we're done. We just gotta let it write the fucking next script for the, the witch review. Fuck it. <laughs> Humanity's done. Oh, man. Watch Underwater. Go watch The Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. And, uh, excited to talk about it and, uh, terrified of AI. So thanks for that, uh, just impending fucking cosmic doom that we have created. <laughs> and until next time, stay real and keep the plot afloat. Oh, I I'm not letting that be the last fucking word spoken on this episode. <laughs> I'm not.
<laughs> I, I want it on a t-shirt, Jeff. I want it so bad. I want Stay that. real. I just cringed to death. I'm going to go fucking nuke myself at the bottom of the ocean. Have a good day. <laughs>